0: This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Do you ever feel that... Something bad has happened to you, and you say to yourself, "Why has this happened to me?" Or have you had another experience where something really good has happened to you that you weren't expecting? You may not have been expecting it, and and you can see all oh, that that's God's hands at work there. Um, I can see that's God's providence working in my life. But well, one thing we have to be careful about: when the bad things happen, and we wonder why God's done it. Though we don't try to judge God and think we know better than God. We have to beware of falling into that trap. Well I want today to look at the Bible answer on suffering, what the Bible says about suffering. It says quite a lot about it. And I want to start at the beginning. We won't look it up because we all know it very well. How Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden were told they could eat of any tree in the Garden... ...but not of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were only given one command, that was all. And that was an easy one to keep because it was something not to do. So you'd think that would be something e- easy to do. But as you know, they were tempted by the serpent and, and they ate it. And, and God says, because you've uh, eaten of that fruit you will die God said they would if, if, if they would die and God said they will die accompanying with that comes all the suffering as well men have got to work hard all their lives women would have to bring forth children which often involve pain and suffering in doing that and and of course in bringing the child up, bringing children up is a very uh, very uh, straining thing to do so we're taking it all into account Um, you know I could sit down now and I could say well that's the reason why there's all this suffering because Adam and Eve sinned and us descendants of Adam and Eve we all sin and so we all suffer in the same way but the answer is more complicated than that I want to look look into it a bit more than that I mean for example if you come with me to the book of Romans and chapter 5 we see what the apostle Paul says about sin well he says more or less what I've just said Romans chapter 5 verse 12 wherefore as by one man Adam sin entered into the world and death through sin or by sin so death passed upon all men for all have sinned but we could say well we're, we're, all, we're all dying because of Adam's, Adam and Eve's sin but it isn't as simple as that because we're dying for our own sin we sin as well we don't just die because of their sin we, we die because of our own sin and the solution to this problem of pain and suffering is in chapter 15 and in the same chapter verse 15 of Romans 5 but not as the offence so also is the free gift in other words the free gift is not like the offence for if through the offence of one Adam the many died how much more through the grace of God and the gift by, by grace which is by one man Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many on the one equation Adam and Eve sin death comes on everybody so a lot of people sin and die all because of those two people on the other hand Jesus Christ lived a perfect life and if we believe in him life can pass on everybody so that is the reversal of that just two people sin and death one person life and the opportunity to be sinless having been made immortal in God's kingdom we will be free from sin we will no longer be tempted to sin God is not intending to carry this all on forever Uh, I'll show you a chapter that that shows that the, the Bible does say that God intends to put an end to all this Isaiah 65 it's a long passage so we'll only read a bit of it Isaiah 65 and going in at verse 17 our president mentioned it in his prayer in fact that God does intend to put an end to suffering and death. Isaiah 65 verse 17 For behold I create new heavens and a new earth and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. The new times are going to be so good we won't even remember the old. And be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold I create Jerusalem a joy and a rejoicing and her people a joy. And we go on in verse 20 There shall be no more thence an infant of days Nor an old man that hath not filled his days For the child shall die a hundred years old But the sinner being a hundred years old And accursed And in verse 25 He goes on with more details The wolf and the lamb shall feed together And the lion shall eat straw like the ox And dust shall be the serpent's meat Now reading that you realise that we've still got death in the world there. But it's a much better world than the one we've got now. How people are still dying. And you may wonder well what period of time is that referring to? Well that's referring to the kingdom of God on earth. Which God will establish with Jesus Christ as king. And we don't find out till we get to the end of the Book of Revelation, almost the very end of the Bible, we're finally told that that's going to last a thousand years. And we're not told until then. But we call that the millennium. Millennium being a word meaning a thousand years. And in that time people will be living a lot longer than they do now. And the and the millennium is an interim period and after the millennium is over then God's kingdom will be fully established and there will be no more death after that we don't know much about what will happen after the end of the millennium we're not told very much but we are told there'll be no death that's one thing we are told ok so that's, the, that's how it all came about Jesus Christ is God's remedy and the kingdom of God is where God intends us all to be aiming for but now we've done that like an overview of the whole subject let's go back and and look at a bit more detail a lot of people have made a lot of observations about suffering and they've noticed that sometimes there are connections like for instance drinking excess alcohol can lead to road accidents and sometimes fatalities it can sometimes lead to ill health drinking too much alcohol can ruin your health Um, people that that we've noticed that that if we don't get rain we get famine if you get too much rain you get floods which again ends in famine Um, we've noticed that a lot of suffering is caused by human beings not behaving very well towards one another for example a picture of Dresden at the end of the second world war Uh, see how flattened it was uh, and you see well the the amount of, of bombing that was done you know was that all necessary uh, and you say well that uh, suffering is caused by people people cause suffering don't they I mean only, only this weekend someone gone and shot 20 people did not he um, in, in the news only, only this, this weekend most weekends there seems to be something of that sort happening and that's human beings Not being nice to one another. Deliberately causing other people. Suffering. And then it's been noticed. That some suffering is just time and chance. Being in the wrong place at the right time. Um, I mean. The famous Twin Towers of course. In 2001. um, Destroyed by terrorist. Aeroplanes. Well. There are people who should have been in those buildings that day and for one reason or another they weren't there. And then there are other people who were in those, those buildings and, and got killed who normally wouldn't have been there. And and we have to ask ourselves, you know, is, is that all being planned by God? Is that, all, is, is that done for any reason? Well, the Bible does deal with all these questions, believe it or not. We have to look through the Bible and and search for the answers and then when all this suffering's done the time and chance the people doing deliberate harm to other people the cause and effect everything ends up in death and that's been noticed too That no matter what sort of life you've had whether you've had a smooth, easy life or you've had a life of suffering and difficulties whatever you've had everybody ends up uh, in, in death and as we know when we see the cenotaph every year fewer and fewer people from the First World War there. I don't know if there are any now. Um, up to two or three years ago, there were a couple of them there in wheelchairs, not able to get out of the wheelchair to actually put any flowers there. Um, but they were well enough to be pushed there in the wheelchair and uh, to be there. I, I've got a feeling they've all gone now. It's a matter of just a handful now from the Second World War that uh, that are able to do that so we notice that everybody ends up in death now where I want to start to deal with the answer is the book of Job which we had read now the book of Job is a long book to deal with the problem of suffering I mean it's it's bigger than some of the gospels it's you know I mean story of Job bigger than the life of Christ um and, and you're thinking, you know, why does he give all this detail about one man and his suffering? Well, the fact is that this problem of why men suffer has always been a problem. Men have always worried about it. And the book of Job deals with it. But it doesn't give us all the answers. And that's the whole point of the book. The whole point of the book is to teach you that there aren't always answers. There are things we don't know the answer to. There are, There is are a th- suffering that happens. And we don't know why it's happened. We can't say what's caused it. And that's one of the big lessons of the book. Because human beings being how they are. They like to know why something's happened. We like to get to the bottom of things. And the book of Job tells you. Well you can't always. And when we read chapter 1. And we can see there's this man Satan. Who says well it's alright Job getting up there. And, and speaking every Sunday like I got up there this morning, next week it would be someone else. You get up there and you speak and you say, and you give an exhortation and you say, Well, this is how we should all be living, and so on. And we all come from our houses and we get here in our cars. And this, uh, this Satan was someone who says, Well, if you took all that away from him, he wouldn't be like that. He can get up there and speak like that because he's, he's, uh, he's a wealthy man he's got all these servants he's got all this cattle he's got a big house you take that all away from him he'd be different well I don't understand why why this man Satan whoever he was was so confident that he was right but God gives him the chance to find out he says alright I'll let you take everything away from Job you will give you the power to do it and we'll see what happens and he takes everything away from Job and we find that Job still praises God and he said blessed be the Lord God the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away God gave me everything God's taken it away he says naked came I out of my mother's womb naked shall I return thither the Lord gave the Lord hath taken away blessed be the name of the Lord wonderful man well the book of Job tells you at the beginning that he's a righteous man so we don't have to read the book to find that out it tells us at the beginning it doesn't tell us who Satan is and I think that's deliberate that's my own personal view that it doesn't say who this person was and I've got a suspicion that the book is meaning us to think well could that be me could I be the one who's questioning someone else and saying oh they wouldn't be like they are if they lost everything. it's possible to think that about other people, you know, it's possible. And uh, whether that's true or whether that isn't, the fact is, at the end of the book, Job was a better person. Job's friends who deride him all the time, I think they learned something from it as well the person who isn't described as learning anything is Satan we don't know whether he learnt anything or not whether he he came came to his senses at the end and and realised he was wrong we're not told about that but the book of Job shows the fatality of human wisdom on the subject Uh, we find Job's friends come and we've got this expression today Job's comforters haven't we someone who's supposed to be comforting someone else and they do anything but comfort them we say oh you're a Job's comforter well we look at one of Job's friends and what he says Eliphaz in chapter 4 and verse 7 Job's friends think they know better than Job and they think you must have done something wrong for this to happen this is like I was saying at the beginning you know why has this happened it must be something you've done Job chapter 4 verse 7 Remember I pray thee whoever perished being innocent or where were the righteous cut off according as I have seen thou the plough iniquity and sow trouble reap the same by the blast of God they perish and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed well I put it to you that that's a generalization you can't say that that happens in absolutely every case. can You, you don't know every case on, on the planet, do you? To be able to say, well, that happens in every case. It's a generalisation. But then they go on and saying, you ought to go to God about this if you don't agree with us. Go to God about it. Chapter 5 and verse 8. But as for me, if this were me, Job i would seek unto god and unto god would i commit my cause go and ask god why it's happened verse 17 behold happy is the man whom god correcteth therefore despise thou not the chastening of the almighty they see him as despising it because he's suffering and he says well i haven't done anything to deserve this and they see that as despising the chastening of the Almighty. You must have done something, Job. You must have done something. Well, we won't go through what Bildad says, and Zophar says. They do similarly bad reasoning. And Job doesn't accept their reasoning. He won't swallow it. And in chapter 12, he, he replies... well he replies in other places but this is one of the places where he replies Job chapter 12 if you ever wondered is there any sarcasm in the Bible there is a bit of sarcasm here Job answers and said no doubt you are the people the people and wisdom will die with you in other words you are the only people who have got any understanding no one else has height of sarcasm but I have understanding as well as you I am not inferior to you who knoweth not such things as these and Job knows that this isn't all necessarily true verse 6 the tabernacles of robbers prosper they that provoke God are secure he knows that there are bad people on the earth who have a nice smooth life and things don't seem to go wrong your reasoning's wrong he's telling them you're not reasoning it out correctly the good sometimes suffer. The bad sometimes get away with it. So God asks, so Job asks God to justify him. And to cut a long story short. God actually answers Job at the end of the book. And Job is absolutely silenced. Job's got his speech ready. He says if I had a chance to talk to God this is what I'd say. And he gives you a long speech what he's going to say and I tell you when the time comes he throws away the script (laughs) forget that speech he doesn't say what he thought he was going to say and in Job chapter 38 the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge you're speaking about what you don't know gird up now thy loins like a man and I will demand of thee and answer thou me where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth declare if thou hast understanding and who laid the measures thereof if thou knowest who stretched out the line upon it and God goes on talking about the natural world the animals and and the stars and everything who did all this and Job feels really humbled at the end he, feel, he feels very humbled and has his hand on his mouth and doesn't, really doesn't know what to say. But the point about the book of Job is, and we forget it, we don't know about this man Satan at the beginning. Job, Sorry, we know, we know about Satan at the beginning, but Job didn't know about that. There's nothing in the Bible to suggest that Job knew So, Job's suffering all this and he doesn't know why. Well, we know why because we know it's this man Satan who says, if, 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 and God says, all right, I'll give you a chance to find out. So, we know why. But Job doesn't know why. And that's the point of the book of Job. That's the main point, I think, of the book. Is that the suffering we have, we often don't know why. There might be a reason that we don't know what it is. Now in Romans chapter eight, go back to the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul's wonderful on on this subject. Romans chapter eight, verse Uh, eighteen. Chapter nine here. Chapter eight and verse eighteen. Um, he says I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us well he's putting everything in perspective there no matter what suffering you've had in this life you might have had an easy life you might have had a hard life no matter how hard it is it's nothing to be compared with the glory of God's kingdom we've read a bit about that from Isaiah well that's the first thing to bear in mind and in chapter 28 he puts it all in perspective he says we know that all things work together for good to them that love God now that's a very important verse all things work together for good all things bad and good work together for good remember it says all things not just the good things the bad things too work together for good and the Apostle Paul believed that God was in control of our lives he was guiding our lives and that all these things are for a reason and we shall see as we go on that that is something which is taught in the Bible that God is watching over us And you need never fear whatever happens, as you know, God is watching. Now, this problem of suffering came up in the days of Jesus Christ. And people asked Jesus about it. And there's an example of it in Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Can you imagine such a thing? They had gone into the temple to offer animal sacrifices, and Pilate sent his men in and slew them. Now you think, well, God wouldn't allow that, would He? Why would God allow Romans to slay people who were obeying His word by offering animal sacrifices? oh they must have done something bad these people are thinking they must have done something wicked and Jesus knew what they were going to ask they didn't actually ask the question about uh, did they do something evil to cause it they don't get as far as asking that but Jesus answered it because he knew what was in their minds Jesus answering said unto them suppose that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things no but he says except ye repent ye shall all likewise perish don't spend your life worrying about other people and things that happen to them and saying well why has that happened to them there's no point in doing that is there what you've got to do is look at yourself Jesus says unless you repent you will likewise perish what you've got to do is look at your own life is my life in order with God I was only asked recently in discussions I talked to people about the Bible whether they believe it or whether they don't I talk to people about the Bible and someone says is Hitler going to be raised from the dead to be judged for all what he did well my answer to them is the same as this don't worry about that think about yourself I think Jesus would say something similar he'd say look at your, your own life is your life right with God don't worry about other people and Jesus gives another example and it's an interesting one in verse 4. He says, what about those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and slew them? Do you think they are more guilty than everybody else? No. Well, the people in the Twin Towers in 2001 weren't any more guilty than anyone else then, were they? The same rule applies, doesn't it? But we've got to look at ourselves and see whether our lives are right with God. Now one thing we see about Jesus Christ is that he was a man of compassion. He he showed sorrow on the widow of Nain and he wept over Lazarus. Now bear in mind when he wept over Lazarus Jesus knew he was going to raise him from the dead and he still wept. Now I think that's quite pointed that he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead and yet he wept anyway. Doesn't it show The emotion of the man. He got feeling. Well, if Jesus had got this sort of feeling for people, why are we worried about suffering like we are? You know, Jesus knows about suffering, he knew about the suffering in his own day. He knows about our suffering. Why so worried about? You know Jesus has got compassion and you know from what we've read about him that he's going to establish this kingdom and while we're on the subject of Jesus look at the suffering he had Um, in the first epistle of Peter chapter 2 we see the suffering that uh, Jesus had Jesus is the saviour of all who would believe on him and if he suffered are we surprised if we do 1 Peter 2 and verse 19 where would the gospel message be without the suffering of Jesus there wouldn't be one would there there'd be no gospel message 1 Peter 2 verse 19 for this is acceptable if for conscience toward God a man endureth griefs Suffering wrongfully we don't like it when we suffer for something and it's someone else's fault do we it's particularly painful and he says for what glory is it if ye, if ye sin and are buffeted for it and you take it patiently oh I took that patiently yeah but you deserved it but if when you do well and suffer for it ye take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. For hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled reviled not again, who when he, when he suffered, threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Where would the gospel message be without Jesus? Of course nowhere would it would be one. It all relies on the fact that Jesus suffered how he did. One reason why God allows suffering is that it makes us reflect on our own mortal nature. On our own sinful nature and it makes us want God's kingdom. If God eradicated all suffering now we'd be all quite content how we are I think I don't think we'd be too bothered about when's Christ coming back when's he going to establish the kingdom oh I'm doing fine thank you I think we tend to lull into, into that kind of attitude if, uh, if that happened all the time it's only by bad things happening that you appreciate the good if was only good things happening you wouldn't know anything else but good would you so you would depreciate the good. There's a very interesting verse going right back to the book of Deuteronomy early on in the Old Testament. Very telling verses. And it really struck a chord with a Christadelphian my wife and I know who had had quite a hard life. She'd suffered a lot in her life and I quoted this verse and it meant such a lot to her this verse in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 starting verse 1 this is Moses giving a speech to Israel having come out of Egypt and they would lived in the wilderness for 40 years and they're now about to go into the land You may know something about what happened in that wilderness. You may know how God fed them with manna from heaven and quails and how how Moses smote the rock and a river flowed out to give them water to drink. You may know some of these details. But living in the wilderness for 40 years was a rough life, a difficult life. And he says in Deuteronomy 8... All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe and do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God gave to your fathers. But Then in verse 5, he says, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and fear him for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land a land of brooks of water and for the sake of time we'll skip past some of this now and we go on to verse 16 he says God fed you in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. So God was treating Israel as a father does his children. And a father doesn't give children everything they want the minute they ask for it. And a father sometimes has to discipline his children to bring them up the way they should go. And God was giving them a difficult time in the wilderness for a reason. It wasn't just haphazard, it was in order to teach them to do thee good at thy latter end. So we see then, if we extend that principle to ourselves, that that's what God's doing with us. Like, we're like God's children. And coming forward to the Apostle Paul, just in case, I don't think any of you would, but just in case any of you were saying, what's Israel in the wilderness got to do with us? That's a long time ago. I don't think anyone here would say that, but just in case, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11 he's talking here in chapter 10, 1 Corinthians 10 he's talking here about the same things Israel's journey through the wilderness difficulties they had and this is what he says now all these things happened unto them for our examples and they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come why have we got all that Old Testament history It's so that we can learn from it, isn't it? And whatever subject you want to look at, there's something there about it. And today we're looking at suffering, and is there stuff about suffering? Yes, there is. God caused that difficult time Israel had for their good. And the Apostle Paul picks it up for the New Testament for first century Christians. These things happened for our admonition. we're supposed to learn then from that that there may be times when we haven't got this or we haven't got that and we've got this problem or that problem we haven't got a house or we haven't got a job or whatever it might be and these things are done for our admonition if you let your children have everything they wanted whenever they wanted it and they didn't discipline them they'd soon become little horrors wouldn't they and so we see the need to be able to bring, things, bring children up properly. Now people say, why does God allow suffering? I wonder how many of them actually stop to think what they expect God to do then. If he's not going to allow suffering, is he going to stop the thief from stealing from somebody else? Because that's going to cause them suffering? is he going to stop a man from going off with someone else's wife because that's going to cause him suffering and the ultimate you follow it through to his logical conclusion is he going to stop death death is part of the suffering we've been being told quite clearly with the verses are loud and clear that there's no way that death is going to be removed except through the Lord Jesus Christ and death just like all the other suffering is here for a reason there's great wisdom in the fact that we only live for so long a great wisdom in that and that we have a chance through the lord jesus christ to extend our life but how many people who say uh, why does god allow suffering actually take it to his logical conclusion and uh, all right there are bad things that happen that god would god would prevent if he was going to do that if what if he stops you feeling pain Pain is for a reason. It's often pain is to stop you doing harm to yourself. You touch something sharp, you move your hand away. If you you didn't have pain, which is suffering, you wouldn't move your hand away. You'd burn yourself on the stove if you didn't feel pain when you went to burn yourself. Where are these people going to draw the line? And I put it to you that if God stopped suffering, you wouldn't know he had. How would you know about the bad things that he stopped? (sighs) the end of the day you're better off just accepting scripture as it is if you're not careful you're criticising God dear me that's what you're doing you're criticising God if you're not careful well let's just summarise suffering is caused by the curses of Eden and it falls on all men good and evil we all have good things happen we all have bad things happen and we all die for those who serve God our suffering is for a purpose to help us get into God's kingdom it's part of our training God's training us like an employer it trains an employee or like a father brings his children up though we rarely know why the suffering is just like Job Job didn't know why We often don't know why. But we must not reject God because of suffering. That's the big mistake. As some people say, I can't believe in God because of the suffering. We must never do that. Jesus came under the curse of Eden in order to remove the curse. He was under the curse of Adam and Eve, the same as us. He came to remove that curse. In order to remove that curse, he had to suffer the death. He didn't sin, but he suffered the death. He suffered the suffering. He was a good man and he suffered. So, what are we complaining about? If Jesus was a good man and he suffered, we've got no cause to complain, have we? Whatever happens. God is planning to remove suffering. There'll be the millennium and then there'll be the beyond. And eventually death will be gone. Suffering is part of the gospel. Jesus died after all. And our hope is through Jesus Christ. So we have to have death to have that. Through Jesus we have a chance to be part of that perfect world. Beyond the millennium. And I suggest that we bring our beliefs and teachings on this subject in line with the Bible. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, OrmskirkChristadelphians.org.uk.